What have you got for us today? Um, for today, uh, as you said, uh, we've been talking about Unfekane. Uh, so it's just a, what is a, a, a time, yes, trying to make people understand what is Unfekane and what happened with it yes. and the results. Like, we will just be talking about everything uh, around the holistic. Uh, uh, information about Umfekan so that someone who doesn't know Umfekan or will get to know what is Umfekan or someone who knows Umfekan will have even a bigger picture of what really happened. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So basically, like as you have asked, uh, what is Umfekan? Um, uh, Umfekan, like as you say, Umfekan is <laughs> okay. a winning word. To begin it, so so we we are spoken about Nguni people. Uh, we say they are part of the Bantu people. The Bantu people are part of the Black African uh, race. That that is where we classify them. Yes. So Nguni is a language. Uh, is a is, is a language or is a, a group of people or a group of nations. And these nations, they have got so many languages, uh, dialects. And isn't uh, the language that, that I speak is a Nguni language together with Zulu in South Africa, together with Tosa in South Africa, Isiswati in Swaziland. We, we have got Nguni people in Zambia. We have got Nguni people in Malawi, in Tanzania because of Ulfekan. So people are going to understand. We have got Nguni people, people all over. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, you know, and um, so the the word Umfekane is a Nguni word, and meaning that it, it is a Bantu word, okay. uh, and it is derived from uh, the Nguni verb Ugufeka, Ugufeka. So, so what is Ugufeka? Generally, Ugufeka it means like uh, to breathe, or I can say to break down maize. Or sweet read without severing the past entirely. You know, if you are breaking it like, but you don't severely, you don't break it like uh, the whole part. That um, is called ugufeka. That's, that's Zulu. <laughs> yeah. No, it is ugufeka in Guni. Uh, not really. Uh, is it pruning? Can like you say that? In, when you no, prune? to bruise. No, no, not to prune, to bruise, like 
to bruise or to break down maize. Like you, you know, like if you are, let's say you take a, you break it down with the, with your, you see your, what you call this, your, your knee. Is it the, no. the maize plant <laughs> or the maize cob? Like, you're... Uh, like, as I said, even the sweet reed. Okay. Yeah. But, but, yeah. So, but, but to, to make it, uh, to, to make it easy for you to understand, it got to do with breaking, uh, I can say a crop. Okay. <laughs> if I can do it like yes, yes, okay. yes. So we call it Ogufeka. You know, it's a very old, old uh, name. Okay. You know, and because many people today, due to westernization, some of these words have been, um, they, you know, they are no longer used. In people US, are now okay. mixing in English and yes, yes. So, so, because this is an event which happened long back before colonization, or should I say before westernization. Yes. So these words were very common during that time. Okay. Which is why maybe today it, 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 we may find it difficult to understand, to, to, to understand them. Okay. Yes. So, so it refers to, uh, to a series of continuous wars that started in Guniland. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what, what, what is Guniland. It started in Guniland in 1817 and spread to other parts of Southern Africa until maybe from the 1840s and certainly um, led to the destruction of normal life among the people that were affected by it. Okay. Um, this is why this is why it is called certainly because it is a way of bringing a picture of what really took place among families. Um, like as I said, it's from the way to Feka and the told to what is Feka. So it, it, it's time to bring a picture. Okay, I'm going to help you to also bring a picture to you. Okay. What this, what this word is, is trying to portray. We spoke about the maize, right? Yeah. So you see there's a, the maize stock, uh, it represents uh, the mother, while the maize cup stands for the baby being carried by the mother at the back. Do you get the picture? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry? Yes, I do. Yeah. Did you get that picture? Yes. yes. Where you see there's this mother carrying this child. Yes. Uh, so there's this maize dog carrying this maize cop. Yes. So, uh, I, I, as I say, to fact, it's the breaking of maize, you see. So it, 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 signalizes, it signalizes the killing of the mother while her child is still on her back, okay. you see. So the child is left motherless and it is left eaten by the hyenas and, and, and other predators, you okay. know. So this, the separation of the maize corp uh, from the maize stock represents the kidnapping of the child. It, it also represents sometimes the kidnapping of the child from, him, from her dead mother. Okay. So the child joins the people who, who killed her mother and the child becomes part and parcel of that community. The child does not know who or her real mother or parents are or background. Yes. So when this child grows up, he or she is told that uh, he or she was found crying and was adopted. So she's told about this abduction so that she cannot fight for the inheritance or, or fight for the succession to the throne because originally she's not part of this family, you see. Okay. So, so, so this is the kind of picture that the way Tim brings okay. when you... Okay. Yes, to, yes. 
so the Bantu people, uh, generally, okay, now I specifically talk, talk about those who are in Southern Africa because those who are up, you know, up north, yes. we say the more, some of them, they became Muslim and the Muslim uh, or Islam also went with uh, literacy because the, 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 the Quran was written in, in Arabic text. So the higher you go, the many Muslims they were at that time. So which means the Bantu people were up there, up north, they were literate. But people who were down south, they, most of them, they were illiterate. Okay. So, so generally the Bantu people, before the coming of, of, of Islam, uh, they, they are, they are illit- illiterate people, you know. So, uh, so one of the ways of preserving history among the Bantu Traditionally, was through oral history, or we can say we, we they, they they call it even oral tradition. You know, okay. so oral tradition is a source of information in the discipline of history in the universities, and in this case, so now you, you see in, in in this case, uh, the bunch of people they used the word "msekane" to preserve the event that took place at that time. So through the way to say that and through the picture that I gave you, it's a lot of history. Okay. Just the word. Yes. So so we we bunch of people we 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 use words. We are very good with our language. You know, that is why, you know, Isindebele and all the bunch of languages, they are so nice. Because yeah. we are experts in, in, in language and which is which is why we preserved uh the language because we traditionally we were illiterate people. The only thing that we knew was to pass it orally, to pass information orally, you know. Okay. So this is why the, this way the it comes from, and this is how it was created from the way to Kufeka. So during Kufekani, um many people lost their lives, their kinsmen and their property. Uh, they lost their freedom and land. Uh, they lost their sense of pride, their humanity and their confidence. So many people turned into cannibalists, you know, for survival. Some formed their small bands to raid other people for survival. You know, like brother turned against brother, sister against sister. It was the time of the, which I can say, uh, survival of the fittest. It okay. was a, like a, in English, I, I think they say dog each dog, uh, something like that. Yes. <laughs> so some people uh, became extremely wealthy during this time, as much as there are people who became extremely poor during this time. So some people some people expanded their nations by assimilating the conquered and the refugees, you know, so new nations were formed, new languages were formed by admixture, a new history of Southern Africa, whose legacy still exists up until this day, was formed. And I think that summarizes what in fact, and I think with what I've just said, I think you you you, you now have got this picture what in fact is. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. So yes, so there are factors, you know, because you must understand that I I said uh, from eighteen seventeen, yes. so it means that life was different then, which means now we have to know what really happened, what caused this infection. Yes. You Why know, were they fighting? You know, yes. Yes, why was this now? The brother is now turning against the other brother. What is happening now in, in Southern Africa? So I am going to present what really happened. Uh, so, 
for us to understand what really happened, we also have to know uh, the events which took place uh, before 1870, because 1870 was the, was the, was the beginning. So we are not going to go a, a bit back uh, and try to understand okay. the a situation. Yes. So yes, the background. So I spoke about Guniland. Guniland is just um, a, an anthropological or should I say a sociological region, you know, to help us researchers to to present. Guniland it just means that it was a place or which was full of Nguni nations, you see. Okay. So the remaining Nguni kingdoms there is down south, um, present day. So right now I'm going to concentrate mostly on present day KwaZulu Natal province of South Africa, you know, because that is where it that's started. That's the Deppen so, area. The area around Deppen. Sorry? That's the area around Deppen. Yes, the area around Deppen, Peter Marisbeck, Rachel's Bay, uh, in Kaja, you okay. name it, going okay. up. <laughs> yes, yes. It is where the Zulu people, uh, it is the province where, the, yes, they live. Yes. Okay. So, so in the beginning of the 19th century, right, yes. uh, there was a serious drought and famine uh, in, in, in Nguniland. So, yes. so we refer, like, like, like I said, to go to, uh, we are going to speak about in this case in Guniland is this this province yes. you know that I was uh, uh, talking about right yes. yes yes so so some kingdoms there let, let me speak about the setup there so some kingdoms uh, were very small you know we African people when we, we speak of kingdoms yeah. we don't speak of Big kingdoms sometimes sometimes we speak of a family <laughs> you know yeah. You know, so okay. so the way small. It's like um, let me see in Europe. It's like Luxembourg. I think it's a it's a duchy or something like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's an independent territory. We have got Monaco, Monaco or Monaco. I don't know how you Monaco. pronounce. You yes. see, there are those. Yes, there are these small uh, Liechtenstein. You know, um, those. So so even us when we speak of kingdoms, sometimes we are speaking of a uh, small kingdoms. You know. Or like um, um, Rome, in Italy. Or like, or like the Vatican City. Yeah, the Vatican City. You know, actually, the, yes, 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 yes. So, yes, so, so the Vatican City is inside. It is actually a. Well, I don't know how to even put it. It's like it's a it's a it's a state inside a city, yes. <laughs> something like that. Yes. yes. So some kingdoms were very small, things that they covered a certain a certain clan living maybe in a 10 square kilometer uh, area with other people from other clans who might have joined that clan through maybe conquest or as refugees or sometimes as a practical party that came accompanying a royal princess who okay. had come for marriage. Do you remember when, yes. when, when uh, on the last episode I told you that, you know, uh, 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 princesses have been used uh, 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 as, as diplomatic agent, do you remember when I was yes, speaking about that? Yes, 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 yes. So, um, so the so people now, you know, in order to forge some relationship. So, if a princess is now going, if a princess is going to get married to another kingdom, she does not go alone. She goes with the maidens or the servants and the relatives. 
so that there can be this relation that is built between these two nations. Okay. So, so here I'm just trying to give you a picture of, of what a kingdom what looked, kingdom like, looked at like, like at that time. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So there were also kingdoms that were bigger than that, but but basically the area had a cluster of Nguni uh, kingdoms with some thing and alliance or allegiance to others, you know, okay. uh, as a commonwealth, like, yeah, as a, as a commonwealth, yeah. Okay. Like, in, in, in Rome, I think, in the, in, the, in the context of Rome, they say it's, it's Pax Roman, something like that. Mm. <laughs> if you read about the Romans, yes, about the Roman Empire. So, so this drought, it began in some regions, like, so it began, it, it, it began in some regions, like, uh, in present day Mozambique, um, around late late uh, 1890s, okay. let's say 1897, somewhere there. Yeah, so the drought was so serious, you know, because it dragged for a long time, such that um, there were Portuguese estates there. There were already Portuguese. So Portuguese had got these estates. They had these territories that they were uh, ruling, you know, uh, they call them um, plazos. In in the way we say I'm a plaz, you know, plazos or plazeros, you know, okay. something like that. Or I'm just trying to give you a picture of how they yes. Portuguese. So they, they, we we in English we also call them the the carizons, you know, or the carizons, you know. So the Portuguese were there. Remember, this was also the time for slavery. You see, so. So slavery was was a lucrative business, okay. and the Portuguese yeah. the Portuguese were making a lot of money out of uh, slavery. You see, okay. so what happened is these these Portuguese uh, they had slaves, and 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 the slaves, you know, they they varied according to to the hierarchy. The more you you get trusted, you you become a slave soldier. That you can even be trained to to how to use a gun. And, and going and capture as slaves on okay. behalf of the post. So I just trying to give it here. Yes. So um, some of them like like I think you heard of places like Tete and Senna there. So those were places with uh, garrisons and Portuguese there. Okay. You know, yes, yes, yes. So so this this drought, you know, it was so serious such that even the Portuguese garrisons stations in in, in in Mozambique, in present day Mozambique, yeah. they began to release their slaves, you know, they began to release their, their slaves as a way of preserving the remaining small amount of food because, you know, as much as slaves were not be, being given money or paid, however, they were given food so that they can have energy. Yes. So now this surplus, this surplus now, you know, it was now, there was no, yeah, short, there was no short, shortage of food. food so now they said, no, let's just, yeah, so they said, no, let's just release these people and then they will see what they will do. And remember, these people now, they are from different, um, different backgrounds and they, yes, they've they got this, I, I don't know whether I can, I don't know whether I can call it Creole language, you know, yes. their background is not, so this, so now they're not being released, now they have to survive, you know. Yes. So they were called, okay, in history they are called the Chikunda people. I don't know whether we, 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 we have called head of Chikunda, the Chikunda people. No, where are they found? Where are uh, they? They are found in Mozambique and Zimbabwe and in, in Zambia. 
Okay. Uh, Chikunda is in, if you want to research, it's Chikunda is C-H-I-K-U-N-D-A. So you see now there was this new identity now, this new tribe or this new yes. society now of, of ex-slaves. And now they have to survive again. And now it's, it's a time of, uh, 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 you know, of drought. drought so yeah. some of them, some of them already know how to, they also have to survive. Some of them, they, they already know how to use a gun. Remember, they, are, they were now slave soldiers. So yes. now some of them, they, they, they campaigns to even reach other African people to sell to the, to the Portuguese merchants. Re, remember, they also, yes. I, I said they are, they are charisms. There are also other Portuguese which were in the port, like in Sofala. Sofala today is um, the Coast Beira, and then there is um, Telagoa Bay. Today is called Maputo. So there are many Portuguese there who didn't want to go inside, you see. And then now they they will just wait for other Portuguese who are inside. Those are that I was talking about in the Caribbean to bring the slaves for them to take them to to the Brazilian plantations, you see, and. uh, yeah, so people are running away, you know. So now they're using other Africans to raid other Africans to a point that some of the legacies, you know, they are even found today. Like, you know, have you ever heard of the, the Tsonga people? Yes. Chitonga, you know Chitonga? Yes, the Tsonga people, if you look at them, some of them, they, 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 they have got this culture of piercing their uh, faces. Have you ever seen that? Like people yes. piercing their faces. Yeah. Yes. So that culture, so now, so now what happened was a slave a slave, a, a valuable slave was not supposed to have a, a, a scratch. Okay. Yes. So these people, so that, so these people decided to, you know, they decided to piece their whole body, not even the face, the whole body. Sometimes they can even check out their, their, um, their finger, you know, just one finger or two fingers. Yes. So that they, they, they are not, they are not they're attracted. They're not attracted. They're not captured. Yeah. Yes. And in the long run, it became a culture. This is why okay. even today they're even piercing. So I'm 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 trying to show you again how how some cultures became part of us, you know, yes, because yes. of yes, when they met even other people from other tribes, then they intermarry, then they, they they even teach them that culture, even if there was no slavery there. That's yes. why you find we have even some Zulu people who are living maybe near around Mozambique. They also piece there. They, we call them Amatebe. You know, yeah. to pierce it, it's, it's called Teresa. You okay. know, you know. So now, you know, now it's, it's not this culture not being transmitted, but it was based on what was happening that time. Okay. You know, uh, we, we I think we have got like, a clan among the Zulu people called the Zindengoven or Ngoban. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll check. They 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 cut their finger okay. as as a culture, as an identity. It came from there. Okay. So. Now some of them are now you know they are part of this business because now they have to take these slaves and give them to the Portuguese merchants there in in, in the and then the Portuguese they give them food yeah no the ones in the in, in the ports these okay. ones they don't have food the carriers the ones in the ports who don't want to enter who okay. want who who want a and these ones who are in the ports who don't want a meat who who. Who don't want to get inside? They don't yes. all this business of chasing chasing people down okay. on the meekly man. Yes. So the, 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 this is how the Swahili people also, you know, those Swahilis in, in the Swahili coast became rich. They were the meekly men. Remember, I said they were the meekly men, and they, they, they also influenced the uh, Swahili. So they, they were the meekly men. They will go there inside. They will maybe take some other uh, 
slaves and take them to 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 to, to Zanzibar there, you know. Yes. So 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 the Chikunda also became part of that. Some some Chikunda groups, some of them they became uh, transporters, you know. In, in Zambezi River. You know, Zambezi, we, we call it the mighty Zambezi River. Yes. So, Zambezi River is, is, is like, uh, it's not easy to cross. So now, you know, they, they became so experienced to, to, to the transporting of people and goods across uh, Zambezi there with their canoes. Up until today, they are surviving on that. Some are even surviving on smuggling goods from Zambia, from Zambia to Zimbabwe. Even up to today, there's yeah. a village, there's a Chikunda village called, uh, it's called Kanyemba. Just in the far, in the, in the most, in the most northern part of Zimbabwe, just by the river, by the Zambezi river there. Okay. And on the other side is, uh, it's Zambezi and Mozambique. So it's now three countries, you know, just there in the corner. Okay. And they are transporting people there, they're transporting goods, they're smuggling. They've been doing that since they are the Chikundas and they've been experts since they were released because of this trial that we are talking about. Okay. Some of them, they became even ivory traders because ivory was lucrative. We are going to talk about that. Okay. So, so, so I'm just trying to show you now that now the, 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 the game was slowly changing because of this trial. Yes. You see? So this drought, um, it, it, you know, this drought and famine, it hit Nguniland in the early 19th century. That is the early 19th, 19, sorry, in the early 18th, uh, no, in the early 19th century, which is 1800. That's, yes. that's right, 1800. Yes, yes we, we, we go to history around 1800, 1801, 1802. That is where it, because it, it was so long, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so severe, and like as I said, it it prolonged, and you know us like uh, Bantu people. As I told you, we are traditionally illiterate, so we use names to preserve our history. So each and every drought has got a name or yeah. a family. So you know, like if so long ago, if a child was born, they say, you know, this one wa- was born on the drought called this, this, this. Okay. This one was born. So so people will know that. Which so way? people be like, oh, that drought. Yes. Yes. So they will know the the the, the period. Yes, yes. yes. So this point. one. Sorry. They used it as a reference point. Yes, yes. So, so, so you know, the more you you, you get to know about Bantu language or uh, or Eastern development, the, the more you get to know your own history. Yes. Because there is a lot of history in those words. Okay. You know. Because yeah. our history is, is not is it's not written, and thank God, and, mm-hmm. and 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 it, it is. I'm happy that oral history is even recognized, even in the universities. You see, yes. because because most of us we rely on oral history to get our own stories yes. as Africans. So this one was called Umajatuli or Umajantuli. Okay, you know the name of the drought is yes. like Umajantuli. So okay. if you go to, you can even research. Go and research upon this drought. Majantuli drought, or Injalaga Majantuli, you know, yes. or Injalaga Majatuli. But usually they, they call it Majantuli, you know. Yes. So I think you, 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 you can even hear the way you, you can, you know, Majantuli means, what does it mean? Majantuli. Uh, eating uh, dust. Sorry? E- eating dust. Eating what? Dust. No, Mazatule, not Tule. Oh, Tule. Okay. Yeah, Mazatule. What, what do you think um, it means? What do you think it means? 
eating silently you know like when yeah. people yeah. were people were thank you so much people were eating grasses people were eating lizards people were eating anything that they could see and uh, some of these things are not even supposed to be eaten people were eating other people so 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 now to quieten the hunger yeah, so, so so you yeah so you will find people surviving but you don't even know what they ate okay. so 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 that's why it was called injalagamaja tuli people people were surviving but there's no food okay. so actually means eating while you are so quiet eating yes. privately so yes, yes. so injalagamaja that yes okay. so it happened in the 1800s you must Go and check about this. There's a lot of there's a lot of history about uh Here I'm just giving you a, yes, a background. A yes, yes, yes. So now, um, uh, like like as I say that you know, so now people have to survive every day because they don't know when this drought is gonna go out because it seems like it's it's going forever, right? Yes. So you know, people now have to think out of the box. Outside the box, you know, they, had to, they had to, yes, they had to think how are we going to say, like you see, the chikundas, some of the chikundas, like, like I told you, the Portuguese have got food, right, or whatever yes. they have there. So the chikunda will take something there or ivory and give it to, to the Portuguese merchants yes. in, 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 in Beira, in Sofala, or in Telacoape, which is Maputo. So now people had to think out of the box, you yes. know. And even in Nguniland, they had to, to think out of the box yeah. because they, they, they had to survive, yeah. <laughs> you see. So people became in a, in desperate need for new inter- innovations, yeah. you know, to survive, you know, because they had lost cattle, they had lost crops, you know, food had run out, even the surplus food had run out. So while all this was happening, their population had increased again. But their territory had not expanded. Like I told you that you will find maybe a 10 square kilometer kingdom. Yes. And you find maybe there are so many refugees that have come yes. or they have, they have raided people there. And now, so now the resource, so now there was a lack of resources due to overpopulation again. You see? Yes. So, you know, so, so, so there was this problem that they now they had. So one of the remaining industries at that time was the ever-growing ivory trade that I was talking about. Okay. The Portuguese, they, they, were, in, they were in need of ivory, that, yes. right? So that was the, that trade was not disturbed, right? So, and you know, like the elephants, they, they, they can travel long distances for, for water, you know? Yes. So elephants, you know, they can survive in, 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 in such uh, places. In harsh places, and, yeah. Yeah, so now for you to, to survive, you, you have to become it's either you, 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 it's either you are the supplier or you, you, are, you are the making man, you okay. see? But some way, somehow, you have to be part of that ivory trade yes. so that uh, you, something is going to come up. So, so this, you know, so this, this increased the need to, to rule larger territories, right? For access of elephants, for ivory again, okay. you see? Yeah. So now... So, <laughs> so now one of the people who managed to, to survive due to new innovations was Mtetwa King. 
And that brings us to an end of today's part one of Unfet Classics. If you enjoyed our podcast, please don't forget to like, share with your friends, uh, and follow us on TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Thank you very much. We'll join you again for part two soon. Thank you. Zimu